Hello, welcome. This is Lou Guadagnino. And this is Marilyn Guadagnino. Welcome to the Living Stress-Free Podcast. From Rochester, New York, on the edge of America. On the edge of America. (laughs) So, welcome everyone. Um, Lou, how have you been doing lately? Everything's been going really well. Uh, Autumn's coming on, the leaves are coming. I'm a little concerned because I've got some stuff I need to do before winter hits in the house. But, uh, painting... But, uh, you know, hopefully I'll get it done before it's too late. <laughs> I If not, we'll need to move. Uh, well, let's not let that happen. <laughs> I was happy that we went to one of our local farms this morning for the first time. It's like an autumn tradition when you're in western New York to go to a farm in the fall, I think. And uh, we went to get some, um, some apples and some maple syrup, but we got some donuts when we had fried cakes when we were there, yeah, was... and a pie, and it's just, it's so much fun to do the the fall farm thing when you live in this area of yeah. the country. It's just cozy. It's amazing, and it, you, you go in, we went in to buy wood, because we buy face cores of wood right. for our fireplace, and right. you walk out with a pie, donuts, <laughs> and maple syrup. <laughs> So, so much for the discipline kind of thing. Oh, exactly. Oh Thank God we're living stress-free. And we're... Everything in balance. By the way, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. I was in an all-day training yesterday that was turned out to be more of a self-care um, opportunity than a you know, heavy-duty thinking opportunity. So, you know, I have to get my continuing education credits for my licensure, but mm-hmm. it was really enjoyable, very enjoyable. I loved it, and so... I've had a nice weekend. Yeah, I was grateful for you. I was happy for you because I know that, you know, it must be hard to go to class sometimes on Saturday or Sunday mm-hmm. like you have to. Mm-hmm. No, but this didn't even feel like class. Yeah, it was that's all, great. It was very experiential, so it was good. It was good. So our our topic for today is on meditation. So to kind of segue into what we want to tell you about, I just, um, I think it would be helpful for everybody to know just very briefly a little about how long we've been meditating. So, you know, Lou, I think your story of meditation is pretty uh, unique, unique to say the least, um, if not rare. So you started to be interested in the whole subject when you were 13 years old. And I think most 13 year olds are way more interested in, you know, baseball and, um, well, nowadays video games and I don't know. It just—it's an unusual. Yeah. Well, there weren't video. Where there weren't video games in my day, so we don't know what would have happened. <laughs> but I—I th- I find it interesting. You want to share what it was that drew you to it? Well, there were two things. Originally, um, there was obviously the well, not obviously because there's people out there who aren't my age, but when the Beatles began doing transcendental meditation, and obviously, because I was a big Beatle fan, yes. I am a big Beatle fan. You are, one, you are the am. biggest Beatle fan I've ever known. Me too. Um, yeah, I love the Beatles. <laughs> I still listen to them regularly and just love them. Anyways, so they learned transcendental meditation with Maharishi Mahashyogi uh, back in the 60s. So that kind of Gave me, you know, a little bit of a, kind of whetted my appetite. Mm-hmm. I was wondering what that was about. But then what really set it off was Mahatma Gandhi. And uh, I was going to math class. I was in eighth grade. Mm-hmm. 
or seventh grade. I don't remember. But at any rate, I was in, in junior high, and um, I didn't want to go to math class. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder and why. <laughs> I didn't want to go to math class. And I actually told the teacher that I didn't want to go to math class. And to te- and I said, I could pass the, the test if you just let me take the test and I don't have to go to class anymore. So she said that, and she went and talked to the principal or whoever, guidance counselor, and said, okay, you could, this is the deal. You can, if you pass the test, we'll pass your grade. But you have to do something when you're not in math class and you have to write up a report for the whole semester on one subject. So the subject I picked was Mahatma Gandhi. Mm. And I had seen Mahatma Gandhi, I think, in Life or Look magazine, which was very, very, probably probably Life, very popular magazines at the time. And so I found a book on him in the school library. They actually had a book about Mahatma Gandhi. So I read it, and then that was it. Um, From then on, I was was hooked. What an amazing math teacher. She didn't make you do a report on something math-related. She said you could do it on anything. Things were very, very different then, you know. There was a, I guess it was a, what we call now liberal, you know. I mean, I don't think anybody thought. I don't ever heard the word liberal back then. But, but um, I guess things were much more liberal in those days. Uh, you know, we had our own student lounge and... You know, things are just very different. But she was very kind, and I don't even remember her name. It's so sad, but whoever you are, thank you. <laughs> um, so you were interested, and you started learning about it. But when the first time you actually sat down to meditate, was yes. it just on your own? You just figured, let me try this, or did you wait till you got instruction? No, I started. Um, well, I went around trying to find instruction. Mm-hmm. And so I went to the introductory lecture for transcendental meditation and certain stuff held me up there. So I was looking around for a teacher and trying to find somebody to teach me. So I I couldn't find anybody. So I tried on my own. And that was when I started at 17, Mm -hmm. around that age. Um, And then, you know, eventually I did find a couple of teachers, but that took time. Mm -hmm. You know, they really, besides transcendental meditation, um, in Rochester, New York, there wasn't much. Now, I moved to San Francisco when I was 17 years old, so that was, or to the Bay Area, actually, not San Francisco. And, of course, there were, a lot more there were tons of teachers. <laughs> te- every every corner, yeah. every corner. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I, I really got my fill. That's wonderful. Well, I, you know, I had no interest growing up like you did, and um, but I always was I always was very spiritual. I always was open to spirituality, but meditation itself it just wasn't in my awareness very much until I met you, and then um, because you were so interested in it, I decided I wanted to learn more about it, and that started my journey. So um, so I've been learning about it since 1990. Well, we we met in '91. <laughs> I started learning about it in '93. And uh, been practicing ever since. So, so I thought it's a life changer. Yeah. I, I don't think people have any to this day with all the information you hear about meditation and you hear about it everywhere. Mindfulness, all kinds of stuff. We've gone. We go through fads in the United States with meditation, like we do anything else. We go through fads. So there's mm-hmm. the, the transcendental meditation fad, and there is the mindfulness fad, and there's the Zen fad, and you know, there's all this stuff. <laughs> right, right. That, but still, with all those fads, 
I hardly ever run into anybody that has any awareness of meditation at all. Most people think of it as, as kind of like medication. You know, you, you do some kind of, you know, magical ritual and it calms you down. Mm-hmm. And then you go back to life. <laughs> but I mean, very few people re- really. And then what's really interesting to me is the yoga craze. It's just massive. It's just massive. Mm-hmm. When I first started getting interested, the first book I ever purchased in yoga I was 13 years old. And I remember I had to get it from a book club. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, it was all about Hatha yoga. And Hatha yoga is the, the yoga that we all see in the studios, yoga studios and stuff, physical yoga. Because mm-hmm. there are many, many forms of yoga. And, um, you know, but even today, the, the people who are teaching yoga, the people who are taking yoga, very few of them, unfortunately, have much experience or education about meditation. And it's really sad because yoga and meditation go together like, a, like a pe- peas and carrots. Peas and carrots, exactly. <laughs> Peanut butter and jelly. Peanut butter and jelly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so... What are three things yes. that you have noticed that have changed your life about the practice of meditation for you personally? Three uh, things. Three things. The first thing I would have to say would be probably the thing that I'm assuming most people would be interested in because it's not spiritual. But the first thing is that it, without meditation, I would have never been able to cope with uh, post-traumatic stress disorder. Mm-hmm. So I've had PTSD since I was a child. Uh, and um, I, I never would have been able to get through it without without meditation. Mm-hmm. So that's the first thing. The second thing that I've noticed that it's done the most is um, it has an ability to, and this is very abstract and difficult for most people to get, so if you don't get this, it's, it's my fault. Um, it takes you beyond your mind, and very few of us experience our consciousness without thinking without interpreting and meditation allows you to experience what I guess I would call your original consciousness consciousness um, before thought so that's the second thing and the third thing is because of the uh, the second thing getting beyond the mind um, it has changed my world uh, perception my perception of the world and how I see everything but particularly how I see spirituality and religion. Change your perception of the world in what way? Well, if you're always thinking about the world mm-hmm. um, and everything about the world is, is, is a philosophy or a religion or a political stance or whatever it may be, that's one way of perceiving the world. But when you perceive the, yourself um, without thought, then you start realizing the limits of language and thought and it gives you a completely different perspective it's you know it's hard for me to take philosophy and religion in the same light that other people do mm-hmm. you, know, you just have a very different perspective no matter what anybody says to me I hear it as thought I don't hear it as being mm-hmm. concrete reality mm-hmm. well that's huge it's huge, yes. I mean, that doesn't happen overnight, or at least it didn't for me. But it has it has happened over throughout the throughout the years. That's fascinating. Well, thank you. Well, my three things that I've noticed have changed since I've meditated is um, first is a softening. So instead of an intensity about 
reactions to events that happen, it softens me. So I respond. I don't get so, you know, my feathers don't get ruffled. Mm-hmm. You know, I just um, go with the flow more because of it. And um, so that's a benefit with everything in life. Um, secondly, would be creativity. Mm. It is really, you know, I we teach and I have experienced that true creativity, a, a brand new thought or idea does not come from our mental constructs in our mind. It does mm-hmm. not a thought that we have. It's not coming from our ego. It's coming from some, it's coming from the source. It's coming from a different place. It's just like an aha moment. It comes, and the only way inspiration and creativity can come to you is if your mind is open enough and not so focused on itself to Mm -hmm. allow that to enter and come in. So, and because, you know, I'm a musician, I love art. uh, I'm just very much into the arts. I love creativity and having more more and more creativity. So meditation has really kept that going very well. And the third is the sense of awareness that this is also kind of abstract, unless you're a meditator or if you experience this in other ways, but you, you really, when you sit and are not focused on what you're thinking and thoughts and feelings, but instead you're just sitting in this awareness, you begin to realize that the awareness within yourself is the same awareness that exists everywhere. And that was a very profound experience of that makes, it takes away all separation and barriers. So that Mm -hmm. means that I am no different than the ultimate universal awareness. And that is an amazing feeling because it it just erases all fear. Mm -hmm. And you you just have this knowingness that everything is perfectly fine. Those are three so great. So those are three that I've gotten out yeah, of the Yeah, those practice. are powerful ones, yes. <laughs> so meditation is a big part of living stress-free and our, how we help people reduce their stress. And um, people have asked us, well, LSF meditation, what kind of meditation is it? Mm-hmm. So we wanted to spend some time today in this podcast explaining that a little more. Mm-hmm. And so why don't... We jump right into that. Okay. Um, how about if we begin with just how the technique came up? Absolutely. Okay. Um, the LSF meditation technique came up because for years, and by years I mean like probably 15 years or so, I was practicing what they call concentration uh, meditation practices. And most people have heard of these concentration practices. You place your attention, for instance, you focus your attention on your breathing or a mantra, a sound, or a body, a part of your body, or some people a candle flame or whatever it may be. You focus on one thing with all of your might. You just concentrate with absolutely everything. And the idea is to maintain your attention on that one point. And after practicing for years doing that, every single day, I finally, one day when meditating, I realized it couldn't be done. That it simply was not possible to keep your attention on one thing without it moving. And in, a, I, in a sustained way. In a sustained way. I mean, you can do it, you can sustain it for some time, or at least I, I could sustain it for some time. But then 
eventually your mind gets distracted. So after trying over and over and over again, endlessly, I finally gave up. And in the moment of giving up, um, kind of a surrender, you might say, my attention shifted. And suddenly I was feeling my breath, which was the object of meditation, meditation object that I was using to concentrate on. And uh, my tension shifted. I still felt my breathing, fully felt my breathing. But suddenly my, th- my thoughts were included. The sounds outside were included uh, in the room and outside of the house I was in. My sensations uh, physical sensations were included. Everything through my senses was included, but I was still feeling my breath. And I realized that I was in a very deep state of meditation. And it was much deeper than any state I'd ever been in before. And yet at the same time, there was no effort involved. And so I was just really very happy after all this time to finally be experiencing a deeper state of consciousness, Mm -hmm. which was my whole point Mm -hmm. for doing this every single day. And then I needed verification. So I started looking through um, Indian texts, scriptures, and books on meditation, all of them from India. And I finally found that there were there were different types of meditation techniques. They weren't all concentration techniques. And that the technique I was discovering at that moment, which is now LSF meditation, um, what I discovered about it was that this was actually considered a higher teaching, a higher form of meditation than the concentration. The concentration practices were by many schools, not all of them, but by many schools considered to be a preparation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I had un wittingly prepared myself (laughs) through these concentration practices and then slid into um, the LSF meditation technique. It kind of reminds me if you're a musician and you're taking lessons, they always start you out with the scales Mm -hmm. or the rudiments or, Mm -hmm. you Mm -hmm. know, because you have to learn the basic forms of everything that how it works then then you can go and do your improvisation or let's do more looser forms but mm-hmm. meditation reminds me of that you have to start with the concentration and then you go to the next level yes 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 much like music yeah. right much like learning music exactly mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so it so i when i found the verification i was very happy about that i so i started practicing it as as i now you know doing what we now call LSF meditation, living stress-free meditation. Mm -hmm. And what I found was that it started processing my stress from PTSD. Where the concentration didn't. No, not at all. As a matter of fact, sometimes my mood was thrown off for me, to be honest with you. Because I was pretty obsessed. You know, you're talking about, there there were times when I would do three hours of meditation Mm -hmm. at a sitting. So it would sometimes throw off my mood. You can imagine trying to concentrate on one point, no matter what that point is, for three hours. <laughs> but I, And I did it, I did it, I did it. Um, and, but no. So I started processing my stress mm. using the technique the way I had now discovered it. And, and I didn't even understand how that was happening. Mm-hmm. It took me years to understand how that happened. Um, and as I learned how that happened, it coincided with helping other people people would come to me with stress and i would and trauma 
in trauma and I would show them the LSF meditation technique and they'd come back and say, you know, by golly, it's working. Yeah, yeah. You know, and so I started getting very excited about the fact that I was discovering something. It, it was A, in meditation techniques. And, uh, you know, what I mean by meditation techniques is in the texts. Okay, it was in the text. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, also, people were now telling me that the same thing was happening to them. Right. So right. this kind of made me really happy. And that's how LSF meditation came about. And then when I started teaching it to people who I see for therapy and counseling, the same thing happened. People with PTSD were also giving me the same um reactions that your people did right, it, right boy this really helps yes and it, since we started lsf 11 years ago how many people have come to us and told us how helpful it was yeah you know, we, yes yeah, a lot yeah. of people have came so very very happy to hear that so, so yeah. we have wondered for a long time is there any way of kind of communicating to this people uh, is there any scientific research that can help us mm-hmm. and so what we discovered over the years we're just presenting this week kind of started learning about this a couple of years ago, but now that we've got uh, better sources, that what LSF meditation is, is a form of what they call non-directive meditation. So remember, there's the concentration meditation where you're concentrating on one point. Well, non-directive meditation is when you include everything in your experience. So you don't try to stop thinking. You don't block out sounds. You don't try to go to a quiet room and shut out everything. It's quite the opposite. You allow everything to be exactly as it is. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so non-directive meditation, as it turns out, there's been some research done on it. And um, the research that was done was, I believe it was done around 2012, 2013. I can't find out exactly when it was. Uh, It was done in the University of Oslo by a neuroscientist. Uh, actually by two neuroscientists. I only have the name of one. Uh, his name is, and I'm not sure how you pronounce it, please forgive me, Sven Dagvanger. I'm assuming this is how you pronounce his name. And the research was um, comparing non-directive meditation with concentration-oriented meditation and also rest. So they had, rest was the control. Mm-hmm. Um, so they had people just resting. And what they found out to begin with, with rest, was that when we rest, we go into the default mode network, mm-hmm. okay, which is the part of the brain that whenever you're not doing something active, you just start kind of talking to yourself. And that is the default mode network. Mm-hmm. And what they found out was that when you rest, that's what happens to the brain, and that's how you process stress. That's how you process emotions and memories, mm-hmm. okay? Then they found out that the concentration practices also helped um, but they were about equal with rest okay so if you do the concentration practices you were not going to process emotions and memories much more than just resting so the default mode network people that can't stop thinking and ruminating right that's the default yes that's the default mode network and believe it or not if it's not obsessive rumination, which mm-hmm. usually is what people are talking about right, uh, right. when they say rumination. But if it's not obsessive, it's actually helpful mm-hmm. because that's how we process memory. And stop and think about it. It makes total sense. It's not some strange, abstract, scientific thing. If you stop and think about it, if you're at work and somebody says something rude to you um, and they upset you, 
and you have to just continue with your work. You, right. you can't really stop and talk to somebody about it. Usually people go to the lunchroom or whatever and they start telling people, you know, this is what happened to me. It was terrible. Can you believe, so can you believe what's happening to me? Right, 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 right. Why don't they do something about it? So when we're, you know, when that's happening, we're sharing that information. We're processing it. Yes. We're processing what happened. And we're our feelings, our, about feelings it. our memories, and our emotions. Right, right. Okay. And then we make sense out of it. Eventually, we tell ourselves a story. Usually, we're the hero. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And then, and then we feel better, and it turns into a memory, and we forget about it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's how we process emotions and memories, and how we process stress. Well, it turns out that non directive meditation is really unique. Because it helps us process memories and emotions and stress more than even rest and more than other meditation techniques. That's incredible. And that's what LSF meditation does. So it turns out that there's a scientific reason and there is some research supporting the fact, as as we've been telling people since 2011, that this helps you process your stress. I think that's why people get confused when we teach people this technique. I think the hardest thing for newbies is you mean I don't have to clear my mind mm-hmm. you mean I don't have to push away these thoughts mm-hmm. like it, it really confuses them because we're telling them no just right. let that all be there don't try and do anything with it because because of the way you're explaining this that's part of the default mode network and yes. it needs to be there so right. it can basically be processed while you are aware of it and you feel your breath and you feel your body and you hear the sounds in the room and you just know it's like a passing show and if you don't do anything with it it will process it and that will help it the stress release right i'm assuming why i'm assuming that when you concentrate on something that actually stops you from processing Mm -hmm. emotions Mm -hmm. and stress yeah yeah that makes total sense so it's pretty cool. It's very cool. It's very cool because now we've got some validation to help people. I mean, we've certainly had many people um, from LSF. I mean, we've had people from the Middle East. We've had a few people from Europe. We've had people across the United States practice LSF meditation. We've heard a lot of great things, but now we're starting to understand a little bit more of why it happens in terms of just the scientific reasons, which for, for me personally is not important. <laughs> I mean, I have my own experience to go by, so it's not very important, but it's important for a lot of people. But that's true for all of us. The, this is an experiential practice. Yes. So what we're, what we're telling you is not something you have to believe. Right. It's actually, it's all in the experience. Right. Everything we teach people in LSF, it's all about the experience. It's not a belief system. What's that saying? The proof of the pudding is in the, the eating? eating. Right. So that's what, I, yes. And it's true. Um, you know, meditation has worked for thousands of years, way before we researched it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that about wraps up our That about meditation. wraps her up. <laughs> Our our talk about meditation today. So um, we hope everybody has a wonderful week and enjoys the autumn. Well, hold it. Hang on. If people are interested in LSF meditation, yeah, hang on now. What if somebody's out there saying, boy, I'd like to learn more? You know, all of a sudden, like, goodbye, good night. (laughs) You want to go meditate? What what is it? And have one of those donuts. <laughs> oh, okay. Now the truth comes out. Now the truth comes out. 
there's a, a fry there's name, a fry cake left someplace for the pie. <laughs> You're always so dedicated, but when it comes to a donut, we're gone. I am not alone. You're the I am not best. Alone. You're the yeah. best, Marilyn. So yes, yes. Yeah. So, <laughs> if so, so if you're interested in learning more about LSF meditation, stop by livingstressfree.org and just simply contact us. You can read about uh, LSF meditation right there on the website. But if you've got any questions, feel free to contact us through our contact page. Absolutely. We love to hear from you. Any questions at all, we love them. Absolutely. And we'll have upcoming courses online. We certainly will. And, oh, by the way, that's another good point. Um, we teach LSF meditation, even if it's not in a class online through video conferencing. So uh, you're not going to just simply have to download something and listen to it. You will get a real person going through the teachings with you and uh, teaching you the technique. And everybody always gets 30 days of free consultation after that so that your questions are answered. Perfect. Having a real person is excellent. Well, you have to have it when it comes to that. Meditation yes. should, in my opinion, is best taught person to person. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. So have a great day. Have a great week. And we'll talk to you guys soon. All right. Have Thanks a for great listening. Week.